Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So today we continue the series. It's entitled The Real You. Someone say The Real Me. I'm going to get right in it today. Let's go to 1 John 4, verse 16. 1 John 4, 16. Look at this right here. We're going to have a mix today of translations, uh, mostly New Living Translation. That's what I preach out of as a whole. But we're going to have a New King James Version and English Standard Version on a couple of texts. So check this out. We know how much God loves us, or we should, right? And we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God. Some people think that because God is love, they can live however they want. Does that make sense? Just because, you're, just because your parents love you, does it mean you can act however you want at the house? No. It may mean you're spoiled. God loves you, so there are boundaries. I was telling someone this week, this past week, and this is powerful. This is powerful. I've said this to myself, and I've said this to many people over the years. I learned it from a pastor named Larry Stocksteel. He said, a train is freest on the tracks. Some people say, no, I'm going to take the train. I'm going to go off-roading. You may go over a cliff. You may have some momentum, but it'll end up becoming a disaster eventually, right? A train is freest on the tracks. I've had to remember that for me. When I, seasons where I needed to learn accountability and learn that God loves me, but he has discipline and accountability. Say, well, that's not very fun. No, you know what's fun is freedom and a lack of guilt because you've been walking with God and understanding that you are loved by him. Look at this. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives where? In them. Someone say, God lives in me. Real basic today. You say, man, how can I get something out of this? You're going to be amazed because God always speaks in the simplest of ways. Jesus spoke in words that even a child can understand. And that's important. We make it hard sometimes, you know. It's simple, but we feel like, man, it's just not always easy. And I can understand that. Not everybody's been in a war where people were shooting bullets at them and, and there were incoming missiles. My dad, it's hard to explain to him that some things are not e easy. Dad goes, no, everything's simple and easy. Because he survived a war in Vietnam. But I'll tell you right now, I don't feel like everything's easy. I don't. But here's what Jesus said. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Did I? Wait a minute. She's like, uh, I missed you. And did you raise your hand? You did not. Hi, what's your name? Gabby, I can't let it go because it's so important and you're important to us. Are you from Illinois? You are. What are you doing in New Mexico? You're with your friend. It's good to see you again. Mija, God bless you. Y'all drove from Chicago, Illinois. Sorry to interrupt. This is very important. So y'all are always welcome here. God bless y'all. Let's give the Lord a clap offering for them today. That is Michelle's oldest lovely daughter and her best friend. So praise God. Are you in the military as well? You're not. Okay. Do you aspire to be or not really? Maybe. That's a, that's a fair answer. Eh, may, maybe. Not right now. Okay. Praise God. Let me read through this verse again. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Someone say, God lives in me. Oh, I know it, I believe it, and you're living like it. Let's go to Isaiah 41.10. One of my favorites. How many times do I say that a month, right? 
Don't be afraid, the Lord says, for I am with you. Man, this moves me. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I love how God has always made it personal to us. He says, I am the Lord, your God. They say, what about him? What I God is God to them. They have a relationship with him and accountability to God, and hopefully they're accountable to other humans as well, but they have a relationship with God. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. You ever seen a boxer win the game, uh, win the fight? They hold up his hand, don't they? God is eternally victorious, so his, his right hand is eternally victorious, and he holds your hand up with his. So, man, you get all the rights and privileges and benefits of that. One more verse here. Let's go to 1 John 4.19. We love each other. Why? Because we feel like it. No, most of the time we don't even feel like it. Y'all know how it is. Well, hopefully most of the time you feel like loving people, right? We love each other because he loved us first. Say, no, I loved God before he loved me. No, Scripture says Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That means we weren't thinking about God. Are you still with me? Someone say amen like you believe it. We love each other because he loved us first. Today I have a series of points all based on this. The real you, but in God, you are, someone say, I am. Look at the first point here. You are what? You are loved. Did you know that if you realize you're loved, it's way easier, much easier to love somebody else? Sometimes believers, even believers, have been in the Lord a while. They need to be reminded that they're loved so that they can walk in love. I've said this before. I wasn't born saved. You know, sometimes you're born into a Christian home. You say, man, I just always remember Jesus and Bible stories. And I would win the Bible, the, the Bible trivia at church at a young age. And, man, I just knew the word. But at some point, I had to have a relationship with God for myself and realize that not just my parents are loved, not just them, they're loved or they're loved. I am loved because I have a relationship with God on my own. How many of you know you have to have your own relationship with God? My mom used to say that. She was always fond of saying, you know, you're not going to get to heaven because of me and your dad. That's, that's good news and bad news, right? Say, man, I, how, how, they're living right, yeah, but and, and what, what was this guy's name? He was racist. He was, he was a bigot. He was, he was hateful. He hated his son-in-law. What was that guy, that, that sitcom? Was it in the 70s, Archie Bunker? Anybody remember Archie Bunker? He was one of the worst. And he had an annoying accent. You remember him? We'd laugh at him. He was such a jerk. I don't remember the name of the sitcom. Does anyone? Is it all in the family? He was annoying, but he was funny. But here's the here's point I'm making about Archie Bunker. He didn't like anybody. I don't even think he liked himself. Great actor. Terrible, terrible. But one time his wife said, well, I'm not going to church. Archie, the way she talked. I'm not going to go to church, Archie. She had a really annoying voice. Ugh. And he said, why not? And he looked at her. He was mortified. He said, somebody has to go represent us at church before God. And he was serious. No, you need to go represent yourself before God because one day you will stand before God and recognize. You either recognize or reject it. And what is that? The simple fact that you are loved. God loves you. God 
loves you. Now, I believe there's people in this house today, at the sound of my voice, you say, man, Pastor Matt, I hope you don't get into my business. I don't know a lot of you personally, personally. I, I know a lot of you personally, but there's a lot of you I, I don't know personally, and there's many of you that I just don't know details about your life. But I do know this, there's someone in this house and on the live stream and in the recording that you need to make sure that you're right with God today. You say, man, me as a believer? Oh, Scripture has epistles written to believers saying, if we confess our sins, 1 John chapter 1, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's for believers, but you've got to come to God first. So there's those in this house that have never come to God, I believe. I don't know who you are. You say, oh man, is it because I'm new here? No, I'm speaking to people in general, and that is by the Spirit of God. You've got to come to the place where you say, I am loved. Someone say, I am loved. Mm -hmm. You are loved. That's powerful, to realize that you are loved. Man, growing up, I didn't have any excuses to say, man, you know, I'm having issues right now because I'm not loved at home. That was never the issue. I know that was some people's battle. I was always loved at home. I can never go to school and go, man, I'm struggling because we got so many problems at home. We're not loved. And I mean, you know, I remember being a kid getting in trouble and saying, nobody loves me. What does that even mean, right? Nobody loves me, you know. No, it just means you got caught, son. You know what I'm saying? You got caught. Somebody loves you, and that's why they're calling you out. Some people say, wait, why are you bringing this up? To, are you trying to hurt my feelings? No, it's because you are loved. Someone say, I am loved. Uh-huh. Love can be tough sometimes. My dad used to say that. I said, Dad, Daddy loves you, but you're still grounded. Dad used the word restricted. I hated that word. I wish I could just restrict someone in this house just so you knew how it felt right now. So you're restricted. What does that mean? You can't do nothing. I got in trouble one time for acting up at church. Long story. I'll defend myself later, right? Hey, now I'm going to tell you this story. So God bless this lady. There was a lady who had it out for me. I don't know if she was, I don't know. I don't know how she'd be jealous of me. She was a grown woman, but she loved to pick on me. And one time I brought a kid to church with me in sixth grade. And during the prayer, I was acting up. Somebody say amen. We were doing this. It was some stupid thing. We were looking at each other and we were in cadence. We were doing our legs like this, messing around during prayer. Just something stupid. Okay, don't do that in my service. But anyway. But we were doing it, and a lady told dad, said, they had their eyes open during the prayer, and they were playing around. I find that ironic. Do you not? But anyway, she belongs to God, hopefully. Bless her, Lord. I saw her the other day, and I, I hate my memory sometimes because I remember a lot of stuff. And I, that's where you've got to know that you've got to walk in forgiveness because I'm going to remember a lot of stuff. I just am. I saw her, and I went, you. I didn't, I didn't talk to her. They don't even recognize me bald-headed. I was like, you, you, I, anyway. Dad said, look, I know she has problems, but you're not going to act like that in the service. Were you, were you doing that? I said, yeah, but, and I had an expl explanation. I've always been a salesman. I said, Dad, let me give you four points why what I did is excusable, right? You know, and Dad's like, nope, you're restricted. What was restriction in sixth grade? This was important. No phone. What? No phone. No phone. They said, you're going to come home, do your schoolwork. I don't remember if they assigned me dishes that whole week. I don't remember. But I had to come home, do homework. They love the dishes. John and Elaine, especially Elaine. She loves dishes. That's my baby sister. Dishes, man. Now they're a little therapeutic. 
But anyway, dad said, and mom said, you're going to come home. You're going to do your homework. But look how merciful they are. Am I not merciful? They were so merciful. They said, you will get 30 minutes to drive up and down the street on your bike and watch all your friends play. I said, can I, can I make pit stops? It's a, it's a bike. We may need to service it, you know, stop and talk. I may lose my balance and, oh, diverted to Sean's house, you know, or the Gibsons. Oh, my bike, you know, no. They said, no, we're going to keep an eye out. This is an honor system. But you'll drive up and down the 1200 block of South Selman. Y'all know that block? And they said, you will not, you can wave and say hi, but you can, you can drive up and down the block for 30 minutes if that's what you want. Or you can go to the backyard and shoot baskets by yourself. you got 30 minutes. Your outside time is limited. No phone. And you can go back in. I said, what if my homework's done? They said, then it's just done. You just come home. You can watch Alf. I don't know. Remember Alf? He used to come on on Mondays in the, in the 80s. But I'm going to tell you right now, looking back, I know that I was loved because they cared enough to put me in check. It wasn't about everybody else, was it? It was about my relationship with my parents. God says to you today, I love you, and I'm going to deal with you on a personal basis if you'll let me. I love you. God loves you enough to care. I used to see kids running the streets. It was dark, man. They'd, once in a while, it'd be real dark, and someone would come knock on the door. Hey, Matt. And mom was like, hey, tell them go home. It's, it's after dark. What are they doing? And mom and dad said, hey, we care about what you do. You're not going to do that. And I thought, they're, they're stealing my fun. Nope. It wasn't that. They loved me enough to tell me the truth and get into my business. And if you know you're loved, i got to say it again, it's much easier to love. All right? So you are loved, number one. If you are loved, someone say, if I am loved. These points are progressive, not politically speaking, but these points, one leads to the next. If you are loved, then you are number two today. Look at this. almost said look up on the chalkboard, man, on the blast from the past. You are accepted. Someone say, I am accepted. Uh-huh. If you are loved, you are accepted. Wow, that's exciting. Let's go to John 6.37 real quick. John 6.37. I love this. This is Jesus speaking. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. Jesus will never turn you away. I don't know about y'all. I handle rejection well to a point, but it hurts to be rejected, doesn't it? It hurts. You say, oh, do you mean romantically? Do you? There's different types of rejection. Many folks pick up rejection at home. I've grown up seeing people that I loved and knew, and I would watch them and watch the way they behaved with people, and I went, wow, they have a spirit of rejection on them. They were rejected, now they reject others. They were pushed away, now they're cold-hearted. They've got to forgive. Everybody has to forgive. If you're loved by God, then you are accepted by Him. Those the Father has given me, if you have a hard copy Bible, and you have red letter edition, that is Jesus speaking. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. I think King James says, I will in no wise cast them out. That's pretty strong. I'll never reject them. Jesus will never reject you. Someone say, Jesus has accepted me. Oh, yeah, good news. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. This is in the New King James Version. A little more eloquent. 
little more old school here, but I needed it to say it this way. I like this translation. Look at this. Ephesians 1, 4 through 6, New King James Version. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Someone say before. Uh-huh. That we should be holy. Holy simply means set apart and different for active service to God. We should be holy and without blame before him in love. Look at that. Having predestined us, he chose you to adoption as sons and daughters. It just says sons, referring to sons and daughters, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. It was his good pleasure to adopt you as his child. It's powerful to choose a child. It's powerful having children, man, but to choose a child that you did not birth, that's special. Say, I choose you. (laughs) Me? Yeah, you. I choose you to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us, look at this, accepted in the beloved. I think it was my dad years ago that said he read that and it turned a light bulb on in his head and said, man, I'm accepted. I'm accepted. After he came back from the Vietnam War, he said, I am accepted in the beloved. What is the beloved? The very loved You're accepted in the most loved of God's kingdom. You are now his prized possession because you were always meant to be the most amazing, highest part of his creation. He created you to be and live and walk and move and breathe in him as his special image. You were created in his likeness and in his image. You are beautiful. You are special. Whoever told you otherwise lied to you. So if you're loved... You are accepted. Someone say, I'm accepted. Mm-hmm, that's right. Once you accept Jesus, oh, no. See, he's, he, he's always loved and accepted you. But that doesn't mean he accepts sin. Does everybody understand that? Who say, God is love. I can act however I want. Well, how does that make sense? That's like a husband saying, I, my wife knows I love her, but I'm going to just have, I'll have 50 wives if I want. Uh-uh. There was the one. <laughs> that's right. Same with a woman. A man, there's so many parallels in your relationship between a man and a woman in a marriage, a sacred covenant. It's the way Jesus Christ loves his church. That's me and you. Those, who is the church? Those that are Catholic or Baptist or Presbyterian or whatever. No, the church is the body of Christ, the people who believe in Jesus. That's it. That's you. That's me. If you're loved, you're accepted. Glory to God. And that leads to number three. There's steps going on here today. You're loved, you're accepted, and now you are part of God's family. Mm-hmm. This is special. Let's go to Hebrews 2.11. Very, very powerful. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy. Say, man, I'm going to make myself holy. I'm going to make myself separate from the world. No, Scripture says Jesus makes you holy. Now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. You are part of the family of God Almighty. That is amazing. Let's go to John 1, 12. John chapter 1, verse 12. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right. One translation says the power to become children of God. Why don't you look at that verse for a minute. On the count of three, we're going to read it together. One, two, three. But to all who believed him and accepted him, He gave the right to become children of God. All you got to do is accept him. Because he accepts you. Scripture says, I say it again. He said, Scripture says, while we were yet sinners, Christ loved us. 
and, and see, say, man, is this just for people who have not accepted Jesus? No, we as believers, we've got to be reminded of the fact that we are loved, accepted, and now part of God's family. I'm, I've always been so proud to be part of, part of our family, man. The Sinna family grew up on South Selman and moved to North Acres and went on out to other places in the world from there. I've always been so proud of being a Sinna. Really. But then I was equally proud to be a Treadwell because Sinna is my last name, but my, I'm half Treadwell. My mom was born in Abilene, Texas, and she was Treadwell. And I'd get around them, and I was a Treadwell just as much as I was a Sinna. Got to a point, I looked real Treadwell. My height, build, and my bald head. Looked just like my uncle my grandpa. So, oh, man, yeah. But I have other attributes that make me look like a Senna. It's special. I'm proud to be part of the Senna and Treadwell family. Then I married my wife. We got married September 28th of 2000, 2006. I'll never forget. We worked it out. Mom and Dad helped us, and we went to go visit the family in Pensacola, Florida. The Brown family. I showed up. And, and my wife knows, and the mom and dad Brown know, I love Pensacola, and I love the Brown family. I'm now a Senna Treadwell Brown. I'm, I've, I've been accepted into the family. My name will forever be Senna. I am forever a, yes, for government purposes, I am a white Hispanic. Go figure. We know I'm not Hawaiian, whatever, right? But I am now part of the Brown family. They accepted me. Had a few people tell me, welcome to the family. Touched my heart. But then, then I'm so excited, I, I got to go, and the following Christmas, we were in Newburn, North Carolina, not in Pensacola, Florida anymore, with the Browns. We were with, I was with Mom and Dad Brown and my lovely wife, Jen, but we were now with the hosteller side of the family. And folks told me, Welcome to the family, Matt. I said, oh, man, I'm now a Senna Treadwell Brown Hosteller. That's exciting. And they'd look at me, and you know when people accept you, they start finding reasons to go. And they'd look at me, and they looked at my hairy arms and the color of my eyes and my little eyelashes, and they said, man, you know, you look like you might could be a Hosteller, a shorter one, but one of the shorter ones, but you, you look like you might could be. And I said, man, I'm accepted. I'm accepted, I'm loved, I'm accepted. This is a spiritual parallel here. Are you seeing it? I'm loved, I'm accepted. I'm part of God's family. I'm part of the Sinas and the Treadwells and the Browns and the Hostellers and all the extended ones, the in-laws and the outlaws, right? <laughs> you're slow, but you're worth waiting on. You'll get that one in a minute. It's not that funny, but, you know, it's amusing. But I'm going to tell you right now, God's family is the most powerful family to be part of. And I love being part of family groups. I love being part of this team. I love being part of Kingsgate Church. I love it that you're part of my church family here. I love it that there's an extended body of Christ all over the world, people who call upon the name of Jesus and believe in his word, and they're all family. I love that. But man, to have a relationship with God and, and to be claimed by God himself. People talk about the divine. Say, man, that, that is relating to Things in heaven, not earthly things. Man, this is powerful when you say, now I have the blood of Jesus flowing through my veins. I am his family. I am the family of God. I'm loved. I'm accepted. I'm part of God's family. And now, oh, this is, this is the point I've really been working on to get, get into today. I'm now a winner. Did you know even when I lose, I win? 
Romans 8, 28 says, All things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. Lately, man, even in a, there's things, I lose a little skirmish here, but the battle's already won. I've read all the way through Revelation where it says, Even so come quickly, Lord Jesus, and we are kings and priests in the kingdom of our God. We win. So I am a winner now. I am built. You are built. I am created. You are created to be a winner. Some folks say, no, no, that's a, you're, no, mm-mm, you're not a loser. You're not a loser. My accounting teacher in 11th grade, his name was Mr. Manus, taught us a lot. And he said when he was going to school in Arkansas one day, and I guess he wore homely clothes to school, and he was a big old guy. He's a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, big old guy. He stood out, tall and blue-eyed, good-looking guy. But he said he was so poor when he went to school in Arkansas that one day his teacher stood him up in class and said, I don't remember his first name. Does any, do you remember his name? Was it Leonard? I don't know. He was Coach Manus to me. Well, the teacher said his full name, said, why don't you stand up in class? And he thought, oh, man, I'm about to get recognized. He was wearing ugly clothes to school, and the teacher stood him up and told everybody in the class, don't ever be like him. He's a loser. You see the way he dresses? That's, how, that's what you need to avoid. He's never going to make it. Hopefully that teacher didn't go on to be with the devil, right? But... You know, hopefully they repented. But he turned out to be a winner. He went to, he was a non-traditional student, went to college with my mom. They were friends. And he became a teacher and a coach, and he was a success. Because he didn't believe, believe them. He was a believer, though. He believed what God had to say about him. I don't know who's told you what or lied to you or, or degraded you or skipped you over or slighted you or pushed you aside or ignored you or embarrassed you. But you, my brother, my sister, you are a winner. You're loved. You're accepted. You're part of God's family, and now you're a winner. Let's go to Romans 8.35. I love this translation, English Standard Version. I actually read and listen to this version, uh, this year especially, more often than the New Living Translation. Romans 8.35-37, look at this. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church there in Rome. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I'm going to give you some foreshadowing. Nothing can separate you from God's love except for you. You can tell God, no, thank you. He's not going to force you. Who or what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or despair, right? Let me throw that in, the Matt translation. Or persecution or famine or nakedness, lack, danger or sword, war, violence, As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We're regarded as sheep to the slaughter or to be slaughtered. No, he says, here's what the apostle says. All that stuff I just named, all that traumatic and tragic and freakish stuff. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'll never forget George Foreman. He was... He was making a comeback. He was an older guy. He was in his 30s, and here he was in his 40s. He was contending for the heavyweight championship of the world in the early 90s. I believe he fought a guy, guy named Moore. And I'll never forget, George Foreman predicted, everyone says he's a little overweight, he's a big, strong guy, he hits hard, he's powerful, but he's fighting the champion. The champion's powerful and young and virile and sturdy and can take a hit, and George Foreman predicted, he said, late in the fight, I'm going to hang with him, 
Because in his com comeback tour for those several years, five, six years, he hadn't been knocked out. He kept winning and winning, George Foreman. But he said, let me make a prediction to you. He told some of his friends at ESPN. He said, late in the fight, he's going to stand in front of me right where I want him, and I'm going to pop him in his mouth, and I'm going to knock him out. Here he was into his 40s. That just, you didn't hear about that. Powerful story. If you watch the documentary, it'll bring tears to your eyes, the story of George Foreman. He's a man of God now. He's, he loves people. He's a man of God. You've heard of the Foreman Grill? George Foreman Grill? Yeah, he, he's made countless dollars on that. He's a blessed man. I think he named all of his sons George. It's pretty weird, man. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know how he said, I didn't want no one to feel left out. I was like, I bet it's that simple. George! Who? George of the Jungle who? Well, he, here's what he did. Getting into the last round, I don't know when, but it, he had a plan. He was smarter than that young man. Wasn't necessarily a better fighter. Didn't necessarily have more stamina. But he said, he's going to stand in front of me near the end of the fight. I'm going to knock him out. You know what he did? He threw a couple of sweeping left hooks. Just threw them at him. And you know what that guy did? Because of that, subconsciously, this younger fighter moved over near George's right hand. He just threw a few of these wild. He knew he wasn't even going to hit him. He was, he was corralling him. And guess what? Near the end of the fight, I believe it was in the 10th round, Moore stood right in front of him. He popped him in the mouth with that right. And you'd think, that wasn't a hard hit. Oh, no, it would have crushed my skull. He popped him in his mouth. Blood came out. The guy fell straight down. And that was the direct hit. And the fight was over. And he became what? What you are now. Let's go to verse 37 of Romans chapter 8. He became what you are now. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More, there's that word more, M-O-O-R-E, the name of the fighter was more, how interesting. But George Foreman became more than more. <laughs> he be, more was a conqueror, but George Foreman became a greater conqueror than him because he knocked his tail out. In all these things, someone say in all these things. Mm -hmm. You've been through some stuff. Some of you have survived sexual abuse, verbal abuse. Some of you have survived, man, uh, gaslighting, people making you feel like it was your fault and it wasn't. You were blamed for stuff. But I've got good news for you today. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Here's the clincher. You just got to accept Jesus. Believe and put him first. It's simple, but it's not easy. He says his yoke is easy and his burden is light, but you got to accept him. Let's go to Philippians 4.13. I love this one. Makes a great bumper sticker, too. And it's a great t-shirt, but it's not just that. It is actually God's word, and it's what the Apostle Paul is saying to the church in Philippi. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. He gives you the power to live right, but he gives you the power to be more than a conqueror. Let's go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For everyone who has been born of God, how, do you, how are you born of God? Nicodemus asked Jesus, he said, how can someone enter back into their mother's womb? Jesus said, you've got to be born again. Jesus said, you are the teacher of Israel and you don't understand these things? Here's what it is. By faith, you are born again, you're transformed, you accept Jesus, you're baptized. Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. You've accepted Jesus, right then you've overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. 
Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes? Look how simple this is, that Jesus is the Son of God. Let me read that again. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You, my brother and my sister, are winners. Let's go through those points again. You are. This is the real you in Christ. You are loved. Someone say, I'm loved. Uh huh. Because you're loved, you're accepted. Someone say, I'm accepted. Mm-hmm. Because you're loved and accepted, you are now part of God's family. Someone say, I am part of God's family. Because you are part of God's family, you are a winner. You are more than a conqueror. Someone say, I am a winner. That's right. You sure are. And based upon our faith and our confession today, I'd love to close in prayer. If you'd bow your heads, close your eyes. God has something special for you. If there's anyone in this house at the sound of my voice today who says, you know what? I have never accepted or made Jesus my Lord and Savior. Don't worry if you've backslidden. You say, man, I accepted the Lord. I've walked away. We'll deal with that in a moment. Through the love and power and kindness and restorative power of God. We'll deal with that in a moment. But if you say today, Pastor Matt, I have never once publicly proclaimed my faith in Jesus. I have never accepted him and made him my Lord through faith. Would you raise your hand today? I want to pray with you because this is your moment in time. You say, I don't know if it's my time, uh, but it's your moment. Would you raise your hand today? You say, man, I need to accept Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your courage. Ooh, to a young man and, a, and a, another young man. Thank you, Micah. God bless you. You say, man, I've never accepted Jesus. Publicly proclaimed him as my Lord. Is there anyone else in this house? Anyone else in this house? Did I see a hand too over there? Oh, God bless you for your courage, young lady. God bless you. Heaven rejoices with us today. I want everyone to pray this prayer with me, especially those who raise their hands today. It may not be your time, but it's your moment. I want everyone to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I know I need you. I can't make it without you. Save me from myself. Save me from hell. Say, I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me. Thank you for saving me by the sacrifice of Jesus on that cross. Say, I believe in Jesus' name. Amen. I want everybody to look up now and go ahead and stand to your feet. I believe there's always something in God's Word for everyone. Even if you've heard a verse a million times, I believe there's something in God's Word for everyone. If there was something in the Word today that touched your heart, would you raise your hand, please? I believe God had a word for everyone, including me today. He spoke to me as I was teaching and preaching the word. Let's pray together. Would you put your hand on someone's shoulder, grab hands, connect somehow, because this is the place for connection. We worship God together. A worship service is meant to be done together as God's family. Father, I speak the blood of Jesus over everyone in this house. I thank you that you brought them here today for an appointment with you. Not with me. I'm just the messenger, God. You can use any messenger, heavens. Scripture says you used a donkey to speak, so I know you can use me. 
But God, as the messenger today, I pray that your words sunk deeply and down into good ground so it would grow into something powerful as folks become part of the household of faith. What is the household of faith? Is it a certain church? Is it a denomination? No, we've got to be connected at churches. We've got to be connected and have a church home and grow where we're planted and flourish where we're planted. But Lord, we know that you've called us to believe two things. Believe and do. Help us to believe and do as we remember that we are loved and accepted part of God's family, and now we are absolute winners. Even in the losses, we will win the war because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, the champion, the author and finisher of our faith. I thank you for a lifestyle of winning, God, because that's who you are. We praise you for what you've done, not us, but you. But we submit to you by faith. And I thank you for your hand of grace, mercy, power, redemption, second chances and third chances, and hope for everyone's life in here and those who joined us on the live stream today. We give you praise, Father, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, someone said, amen and amen. You know I love to have you do this. Let's give God the